Have your sports curiosity cured. He'll bring it in. Schmaltz is off the bench. Nick Schmaltz. Right to the front. He scores! Nick Schmaltz. OT winner. A veteran of the sports reporting game for over 25 years. Look ahead. Not out. Stolen. Jerry takes a look. Scores! Breaking down Edmonton's favorite teams. Eckholm, beautiful pass, breakaway, McDavid scores! Connor McDavid, his 15th, and Edmonton its first lead of the night, 2-1. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. for Saul 87 on a January 10th chilly chilly morning at minus 23 in the capital region thanks so much for tuning in to the Kevin Carey show and uh, all our platforms whether it's on your AM radio dial at 1440 or if it is on one of the many apps that we feature or at 1440.ca uh, really appreciate you coming along for the ride this morning uh, again minus 23 very chilly in Edmonton keep an eye on the road Lots of snow fall over the course of uh, yesterday afternoon, last night even this morning, and it's only going to get uh, colder as the week progresses. Uh, uh, minus 29 for the low tonight, and then even a little chillier as the week progresses. So uh, stay warm, stay safe, and uh, keep an eye on the roads, uh, all that jazz. The Oilers uh, with their eighth win in Chicago last night, 2-1. Uh, to one. It was maybe, you could say it was sloppier than a soup sandwich, and uh, Stuart Skinner was the first star without question last night. 25 saves. as probably one of the cases when you saw the three stars last night. That was one of the cases when you looked at it and go, okay, this would be the local Chicago media picking the stars. They went with Drysaddle, McDavid, and Dickinson, but whatever. Uh, we all know that uh, Stu Skinner was the reason that the Oilers got the two points last night. Eight straight wins now. Stuart Skinner's got a 1.50 goals against in uh, the last six and a 9.50 save percentage. You heard uh, Coach Chris Knobloch after the game say it wasn't a Picasso. You know... Poor Picasso. He just gets it all the time. I wish that, you know, what if what if they came up with another artist that wasn't be getting the headlines like this? You know, instead of it wasn't a Picasso, you know, it wasn't a Jackson Pollock out there or it wasn't a Van Gogh. It wasn't a Rembrandt. It wasn't a Monet. Some of these other artists need a little credit, too. You know, give them some give them some love. That would be nice instead of a all oh, the, the old hockey term. It wasn't a Picasso. And we've heard it for many, many years. But the Oilers played Chicago's game last night. And we all know about the Hawks lineup because of the injuries and things like that and all the guys that they had to call up and the salary. We talked about it, all the guys making, you know, eight nine $900,000 a year. But these are still pros and they played hard. The Hawks played really hard last night. Oilers didn't match it. So the Hawks made the Oilers kind of play the game that they wanted to. Chicago totally clogged up the neutral zone. The Oilers tried many times, like dozens of times, to pass through one or two Blackhawks over the course of the game. But Chicago, give them credit. The Hawks played, you know, a really good 
game for what they had to ice in the lineup. The Oilers probably got away with one with a 2-1 victory, but they're eighth in a row over that time in the eight wins. Uh, 34 goals and uh, 14 goals against the save percentage is 941. Text line 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Give us a call on the same line, same number. Uh, if you want to have a little chit-chat, uh, we'll get to some of your texts as the um, morning progresses. Uh, it was, yes, it was disjointed, disconnected. And sometimes when you're on a streak the, uh, like the Oilers are on, at the end of a positive streak, you're not playing as well as you maybe were earlier. And sometimes at the end of a losing streak, you're not playing as poorly as what the streak suggests. So what does that say going into Detroit tomorrow? Well, the Oilers will have to be much better against the Wings if they want to have success and move this to uh, nine wins in a row. So the Oilers, now just four points back of L.A. The Kings lost in Tampa Bay 3-2 in overtime last night. So the Oilers, four points back of L.A. in the Pacific and just eight points back of Vegas. Uh, a while back, this was never even in the cards. It was uh, non-negotiable. But Oilers, eight points back of Vegas with three games in hand. Lots of talk last night about the disallowed goals. The Oilers had two of them, both by Zach Hyman. Leads the league in disallowed goals last year and this year. Not sure about that, but whatever. Uh, Hyman's first one wasn't challenged. And you heard Chris Knobloch after the game say, you know, we had about like 15, 20, less than 30 seconds to decide about the challenge. The second one on the offside where Leon Dreisettle didn't have what they say, control of the puck going over the blue line. The Hawks had way more time to decide on the challenge. And then again, just, oh, painful, excruciating, long challenge. You know, you're just going, what are we doing? Like, are they waiting for the Zapruder film or something? It's just, you go on and on and on. And Connor McDavid had some comments about that after the game. We'll get to those comments at around 7.40. Duke Delburn. Little chilly last night. Yeah, you were telling me you had to run some parts out to the farm, but you couldn't. You made it out to the south side. Yeah, basically, I, I got home. It's like three thirty after I stopped, uh, picked up a couple groceries and a little bit of lunch for yeah. myself. Get home three thirty, sit down to watch a quick episode of Seinfeld as I enjoy my lunch before yeah. carrying on with the rest of uh, my evening's proceedings. Is that what you like? You just punch. That's your lunch show. Sure, yeah, shows like that I love just to throw on. While, while I'm yeah. yeah, a quick a quick sitcom episode to uh, I'm if like I said while I'm eating I don't have to actually watch it into I. Mm-hmm know them all almost almost all by heart but yeah i got a call from dad said a brant tractor just up the road here on uh 107th ave and 184th street he's like yeah it's you know it's nice and close can you grab it and i'll meet you meet you somewhere down the line i was like well like the roads are really bad up here it's like traffic's terrible i'll uh but nothing I, I, by delbert but, but, but the main thing being i had a, a hockey game last night at the garrison so it's a bit of a further commute so i i said i was like timeline like i don't know if i'll be able to come all the way so he called my sister who lives in Leduc she met me down on the south side of Edmonton and then she was legging it down to the about like, probably Pinocchio Lacombe or something meeting dad uh, halfway so there it's, but, it's the Davidson relay exactly that is exactly what it was but the the main issue being that even still from the time I left my house at about 3.30 or so to go up to Brant Tractor which is normally only about 5-10 minutes away down to Ellerslie and 111th you know just south side of the city and then back home again, it was just about three full hours mm-hmm. round trip. 
in what would normally be maybe 25, 30 <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah, half an hour or so. So it, w- it was bad. Yeah, the Henday hand day was a zoo. Thankfully, by the time night uh, did nightfall they did come, they, they were, uh, you know, some of the snow cleared, obviously traffic dying down, not during rush hour. So my trip out to the Garrison Twin Rinks uh, north of the city was pretty much seamless <laughs> for a big Trops win last night in support of, uh, support of the troops, as we, uh, we always do when we play yes. the Garrison. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Dean says, "Yeah, you're right, Kevin. How about it wasn't a talus ball creation? It would be the other way, I guess, on that because I don't think there are too many people that like the talus balls. Uh, drive by it all the time. It's just on the bridge where I go over on the Quinell Bridge, kind of getting into Laurier Heights all the time, and I look at it and go, oh, man, what are you thinking?' Northside Norm says, "Morning, gents." Wonder what the record is for single player getting goals called back. Hyman has to be up there. Well, he's kind of like Sam the Record Man, and if it's not a record, it's above average, baby. But two more last night. He had a whole bunch last year, the year before. That's and he's going to get goals called back in the sense that he's always in the crease. If that goal is challenged, there's probably. I, I think to be honest with you, both goals are like fifty-fifty. It depends on who's looking at them. If you look at Hyman on the first goal, he's in the crease, then he's out of the crease. So he's out of the blue. Puck goes in. It should be a goal, but it's called a goal. Not It's called no goal on the ice. And it's so hard to overturn them. It just, it's so hard. You don't know what these guys are looking at. Same thing with the offside. Louis DeBrusque looked, well, I mean, they only had 15 minutes to think about it. And Louis DeBrusque, you heard him say, well, this angle shows this. But I I still think that that one is a little more where I think that that was probably the right call in the the sense that, yeah, you know, his toe was just just close to the line. Was there really control of the puck when he went over the line? Again, but it's there was no call on the ice, so how do you turn it around? I mean, again, in my mind, they're all... 50-50s. These are, those were 50-50s last night. Depending on whose side you're on, that's where it goes. Stair Farmer says, any review with Hyman involved ends up as no goal. He gets a lot of them for sure. Also last night, and we're going to hopefully find some uh, the, the sound of Darko Ryakovich, the Toronto Raptors played in Los Angeles last night against the Lakers. It was a late game, so I was watching it crawling into bed and then had to actually turn it off it was and I turned it off before everything really broke loose later in the game but Emmanuel Quigley had fouls five and six that took between the two of them 15 minutes maybe more to decide exactly what happened on the fouls he had a hand in on Anthony Davis for foul five goes hard to the rim and and uh, lays an elbow out to one of the Laker players I forget his name now pumped him in the in the face and that was foul six but there, you know, was it a basketball move? I'd love to have Paul Sir discuss those two falls. Anyway, and it gets to the point where L.A. goes to the line 23 times in the fourth quarter. The Raptors went to the line twice in the fourth quarter. Raptors win it, or lose it, pardon me, 131 for the Raptors. So Lakers had 132. So 132, 131, Raptors lose in L.A. Uh, it was hard to watch. It was it was so hard to watch how long it was taking. You could say the same thing about, you know, the Oilers review on the offside. How why? It just takes so long. Unreal. 
We have a jam-packed show. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention, Duke, I don't know if you saw, uh, have you had a look at the forecast for Kansas City for Saturday night? It's not pleasant. So Pretty I, brisk. Yeah, in I think it's going to be minus 6 uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, yes. So minus 21, 22 Celsius. But is is, uh, is, it, is the, it supposed to just be colder? I haven't checked. Is there snow in the forecast? Snow as well? and wind chill that will pull it down. It could yeah. be. It could be. Well, it's going to be the coldest game in Kansas City history. That does not favor the old uh, <laughs> the Finns from South Florida. And then everyone's going to go. Oh, take the under. Take the under. Right. That's how it goes. Oh, right? oh yeah, yeah. Weather weather game, right? And uh, but I mean, hey, I honestly. Wet, I, I know the Chiefs are used to playing in it, but this isn't even like the pass-happy Chiefs that we know of the past. Give that ball into Isaiah <sighs> yeah. Pacheco's hand, and he will. Uh, I think he might be able to run all over this depleted Miami defense in that no type chub. of weather. But, I mean, hey, the Dolphins are no slouches when it comes to running the ball either, right? So You're a tremendous slouch, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Caddyshack, in yeah. case you missed it. Uh, Liam Harobin coming up uh, after the break from Oilers Nation. Also with the uh, Sherwood Park Crusaders. Does some scouting with Sherwood Park. So we'll talk about Sherwood Park takes on Spruce Grove tonight. Big AJHL game. Hopefully we're looking at uh, a guest from Spruce Grove maybe for our uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day coming up a bit later in the show. Mark Spector is en route from Chicago to Detroit. And as he was saying yesterday, hopefully the weather is good for him for traveling uh, on this trip. And then, of course, Speck heads off to Montreal after the uh, Detroit game. Oilers, by the way, with a day off today. So a travel day, day off, etc. Uh, you know how it works. So day off today, no media availability. So uh, we'll we'll talk, uh, get some sound from Connor McDavid, uh, Chris Knobloch, and uh, Brett Kulak uh, later in the show. Kristen Shilton, NHL on ESPN, will be our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter at 840. Uh, Kristen will be, I'm sure, talking about the... Cutter Gauthier trade. How about the Winnipeg Jets? We'll get her thoughts on Winnipeg and even Seattle's on a roll as well. Uh, Kristen Shelton coming up at 840. Our Wednesday co-host for Cougar Paint and Collision is David Schlemko. He joins us from 9 to 11. Stan Marple, Golden Bears men's hockey general manager, will uh, be with us at 920. Uh, Bears with a very critical home and home with Calgary this weekend. In Calgary on Friday, and then back at Clare Drake on Saturday, the Golden Bears had uh, well had their way kind of with Trinity Western on last weekend. Even though Trinity, I'll be honest, Trinity Western went to that game last Friday, sat along the glass or stood along the glass with Tim Hamblin, James Hamblin's dad, and we all just said, "Boy, you know, Trinity Western is playing hard." That was it was like watching last night's game, a bunch of no name kind of guys in Chicago. And played hard, played really hard. And Trinity Western gave the Bears all they could handle on the Friday night, maybe possibly a little easier on Saturday. But that was what it was like watching last night's game against Chicago and the Oilers. How about 10 o'clock? Really looking forward to this. Steve Tasker, former NFLer, uh, Buffalo Bill, and Bill's analyst will guest with us as the Bills get ready for a big uh, playoff game against uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on the weekend as Wild Card Weekend is underway. We touched on the crazy weather happening in uh, Kansas City. I, I could imagine it's not going to be, uh, you know, plus 30 in Buffalo this time of the year. So they've had some tough weather games in Buffalo over the years. And then our uh, game of the day for St. Albert Dodge, and I think we'll hopefully be doing Spruce Grove and uh, Sherwood Park. When we come back, Liam Herobin from Oilers Nation and our puck report coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. 
Uh, welcome back to the big program. Text coming in and an email to Kevin at sports14.ca from Mike DeLuca. I so dislike all these HD 4K slow-mo video reviews. There needs to be a time limit for the refs to overturn the call. Uh, maybe 30 seconds after the call. After that, the call on the ice stays. Rule was brought in in case they miss a 10-foot offside play a few years back. Couldn't agree with you more, Mike. Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by... Fountain Tire and Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payments and payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to your local store about the financing options. You can learn more at fountaintire.com as we welcome in Liam Herobin from Oilers Nation. And Liam, I'm sure you had two eyeballs on the game all last night, uh, but what about all the, what's this banana story? How many bananas do you eat during the game? What's all that about? <laughs> Uh, during the regular season, it's not, it's not too many, but during the playoffs a couple of years ago, I uh, started just eating bananas during the game as like a stress food, I guess you could say, and now it's really just stuck to me ever since. So, like, in a tough playoff game, what's your potassium level? Uh, the most I've ever ate is five. <laughs> so, like, do you feel, like, vigorated, vibrant? I don't know. Like, what do you feel? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't really feel anything. I just kind of just need something to do with my with my hands, I guess, while I'm eating, while I'm watching the game, and I just grab a banana and just eat them. Well, most most guys or girls may, might have five beers, but you're having five bananas, so good on you. Appreciate it. I'm a bit healthier, yeah. Yeah, Liam Herobin, Oilers Nation, our guest on Sports 1440. So, what did you make of the the game last night? A lot of we've got lots of texts, and you know, with the disallowed goals and the long review and things like that. Uh, just your thoughts on the game last night. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was quite boring to be honest. Like, I really thought the Oilers were going to come out and put it to Chicago quite early against a team that was didn't look very good, right? And I guess to Chicago's credit, they did a really good job of limiting the Oilers in many areas, and I I don't think the Oilers expected that. Well, I mean, I was talking about it off the top. Chicago almost sort of forced the Oilers to play the Hawks type of game that they wanted to play last night with their limited roster and if you want to call that Oilers playing down to an opponent we saw it with Calgary on Sunday night but it's up to the team to go and say let's take let's take some interest out of the opposition that we know doesn't have the same ability and the same drive in the sense of what they can offer you know in the lineup but you have to credit Chicago. They played hard, and the Oilers didn't match it. Just your thoughts on Stuart Skinner. What he? Uh, I mean, I, I think he was the, the main reason the Oilers got two points last night. I Yeah, I 100% agree. I think he was really good, and I think he's been really good now for maybe 14, 15 games now. It seems to be back into his groove a little bit here, and I think he's really changed the perspective of this team with the, the gossip of just the Oilers need another goalie. Right? Now I don't think they need a goalie to replace Skinner necessarily, but someone to maybe come in and help him down the road if they don't think Pickett is the guy. But I think Skinner's proven right now he has every right to be the number one goalie for the Edmonton Oilers, and last night was another prime example of that. Liam Herobin from Oilers Nation, our guest on Sports 1440. Since Chris Knobloch came in, the Oilers have been, uh, you know, the best team in the NHL and 16-3 and in the last 19 games, another eight-game winning streak. Have you seen anything in particular that you think that Chris Knobloch has changed or done compared to what we saw under head coach Jay Woodcroft? Uh, yeah, I guess 
defensively, things are a lot different now in the sense of like the guys are making plays from the back end a lot more. But I also think the health factor is a big thing for this team right now. Like McDavid's healthy, uh, Matthias Ekholm, uh, McLeod as well. So that's very helpful. But I think on the offensive side too, they're playing a lot deeper of a lineup, I guess you could say. Like we're not saying McDavid and Dryside all together as, as often. Like every now and then, of course. But it felt like with Woodcroft he was maybe fighting for his job a little bit, so he was forced to do that towards the end of his time in Edmonton, where Knobloch now doesn't have that pressure on him to do it. So I think that's good. I really like that he's been able to find a bit of a, a second line there with McLeod, Fogel, and Dreisaitl. That's been very beneficial, which has allowed them also to play that first line a lot more, which is probably the best line in the NHL, at least one of the best lines in the NHL. And it just seems like a lot more players have roles on this team now, which is what it was like when Woodcroft came in. So hopefully Knobloch can kind of keep this going for a long, long time now. Do I expect his win percentage to be like 72% or whatever it is right now yeah. for, forever? No, but I think he's done a really good job during his duration here to get the season back on track. You know, we were talking about Stu Skinner a little earlier. For the first time, his goal was uh, save percentage is above 900 because he was digging a deep hole for himself at the start of the year, but he's now over 900 at 901. Zach Hyman had two goals uh, pulled back last night. One of them could have been changed. One of them, well, both of them could have been goals. I mean, again, 50-50. Uh, what do you make? Like, are, do you just get, are you changing the channel? Are you sitting there watching and going, enough's enough? Like, are you the same with everybody else here? Yeah, I think the first one that was disallowed, I think Knobloch has to challenge that, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. there's two layers to it. One, I think it was a clean goal. But the second one is even if you lose the challenge, it's not like you're going up against a Tampa Bay Lightning power play, is it? Like, I think you've got to run that risk. And if you do lose the challenge, then, it, okay, you're just playing the Chicago Blackhawks power play, which isn't that good. So I think that one should have been challenged. And he did that earlier in the season too. But the, the game happened is escaping me. But it was a goalie interference that would have prevented a goal against the Oilers. So he just seems to maybe pull the trigger on that a little bit more. But the second one... Drysaddle to me like had possession. I think these guys know when like they have possession, and the one that always always comes up is the Kale McCall yes. one, right? It's like the guy had possession of the puck. He knows what he's doing in that situation. So I think the rule maybe needs to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you're taking that long to make a decision on a, on a call, then you probably can't come to a decision. And if you hear Coach K's comments last night, one of the things that stood out is the fact that I bet he felt that they quick dropped the puck on him on the first the first uh, Hyman when he was in the crease, uh, and the second time they gave Chicago a little more to little more time to look at it. I'm betting if there were another 15, 20 seconds, which Chicago had on the second one, I'm betting that Knobloch uh, pulls the trigger on a challenge. But you know, again, was there would they have turned it around? No one knows. I'd love to. I'd love to hear someone in Toronto say if Knobloch challenges the first goal, we're turning it around. But we'll never hear that. What have you thought about the play of Zach Hyman this year? Twenty-five goals could have had. Well, he could have had another hat trick last night if he gets those two. Yeah, he really could have. I think he's been amazing, to be honest. And we've kind of had discussions at the office. He, is he the best signer in the cap era? Like he's right up there, I think. Like he's been incredible for the Oilers. He, if he gets 50 goals this season for them, then he would have 100 in his Oilers career right now. And I, I, it's just been incredibly impressive. And 
you saw the the video package they put together on the broadcast last night of him literally just mm-hmm. stood on the post and just giving him the extra foot on the uh, on on the goal frame there, and it's just stuff like that. And it's just it's everyone makes it seem like it's maybe easy to play with Conor McDavid, but I don't think it really is. And Hyman's a perfect guy to do that. And we started with Patrick Maroon a few a few years ago, but. Hyman just seems to have elevated McDavid as much as McDavid has elevated Hyman. He's played well. There's no questioning that. Uh, we're with uh, Liam Hurlbin, uh, Oilers Nation. Uh, before we uh, kind of switch gears to Spruce Grove and uh, Sherwood Park tonight, because you're uh, scouting for the Sherwood Park Crusaders as well with Oilers Nation, uh, do you think that the Oilers have a legitimate shot of catching not only LA, but Vegas, catching Vegas? for the number two hole in the Pacific Division. Yeah, and I, I think that's a ceiling, to be honest. I know there's a bit of conversation of can they win the division, which I think is out of reach because they've already played Vancouver so much. But one thing that benefits the Oilers on this back half is that they get to play Vegas and L.A. multiple times. I believe it's six still for the remainder of the year. So if they can win the majority of those games, and it's, it's within their hands to, to go and get it. And I mean... They're the hottest team in the league right now, so I, I don't see why not. And Vegas is slipping quite a bit, three and seven in the last ten, and the Kings haven't exactly been red hot either. So I think it's well within their grasp to to go and do that, especially with the way their January schedule is. They have Detroit, Montreal, the rest of the week, which will be two tough environments to go and play in, and then you have Toronto and Seattle. But like, I think every game they have in January is very winnable for them. Liam Harobin with us on Sports 1440. Vancouver wins in uh, on the island last night 5-2. I mean, the Canucks show no signs of slowing down. I mean, Vancouver just continues to play so well. Two things that I wanted to kind of touch on there. With Elias Pettersson, his contract's coming up. You just saw what William Le- Nylander's, uh, you know, what his contract was for 11.5 per season uh, for eight years. Do you think Pettersson gets something similar or does he get more? Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. I would say. I think Pedersen is a is an elite player, and he's going to want to get paid like that. And I guess one thing that benefits him is that Vancouver don't have any of those max max contracts at the moment. They obviously have Quinn Hughes and and J T Miller. They play pay quite nicely, but I think Elias Pedersen could probably pass both of those guys. All right, Liam, tonight at Grand Fury Arena, the Spruce Grove Saints take on your Sherwood Park Crusaders in the old Crosstown rivalry. And, uh, you know, for years, we all know for years and years, Spruce Grove has been uh, the elite team in the North Division. Now it's one division in the AJHL, but the Crusaders with 67 points, number two in the league, just behind powerhouse Brooks down south. Your thoughts on how this season has continued to be you know, such a positive for the Crusaders hockey team. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome, to be honest. Like, I was around a few years ago when they had uh, a boy and, and Michael Benning and all those players, and that was a great season. But I think this one matches that one just as good, too. The fact that they've been able to beat Spruce Grove every time they've played them, and hopefully they can do that again tonight at the Grand Fier. And I think one thing I just signaled how strong and deep the Crusaders are this season is we just had five players mm-hmm. go to the World Junior A Challenge and the Crusaders won six games in a row while all those guys were gone and they're currently on a 10-game win streak because of those six games. So 
We've strengthened over this uh, little period too, bringing in Cooper Sharp from Camrose, who was also on the World Junior A Canada West team, and then also Adam Reisler from uh, Drumheller Dragons, who has 20 goals and I think like 140 penalty minutes this season, so a very unique player. So we've uh, we've strengthened a lot here, and we're going to make a push to try and bring a, a championship to Shore Park for the first time. So Liam, when you again you touched on the fact that you had so many players at the World Junior A Challenge. So as a scout for this team, how gratifying is it that you see some of the players that you've kind of recognized uh, and and found in the last little bit to take the place of the guys that were gone uh, for the, you know, the two weeks or so and see them come up and contribute. What's that like for you? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's good for all of us, I, I think, but I think the players, it just shows them that they have the ability as well. And they could be a first line player on this team. And I, I just think it shows how, how much work everybody has put in to this program to, to make them, as good as they are today and I, I think it's yeah it's a massive credit and it's it, it is cool to see like guys step up when other players are away like our Ryan's or Embers or whoever it may be and benefit from it like I think one of the games we had nine players out of the lineup and even the affiliates that came in did a fantastic job and they were they were ready to go and it's just about preparation and I think that's what we've all just been able to do this season is prepare for the moments and, and make ourselves a better program. Don't want to look too far ahead. Uh, you know, tonight's a big tilt, but uh, when does Brooks come to Sherwood Park this weekend? We we have the Brooks Bandits on Saturday, which will be a, a huge game and then a Sunday afternoon game against the Olds Grizzlies. Ah, it's going to be great. Uh, we'll hopefully be talking a little bit more about that ten uh, twenty in our uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day. Liam Harobin, uh, Oilers Nation, thanks for your time. Uh, take it easy on the banana. Or do we have any bananas today? Or is that the song going? We have no bananas today? I'll take the day off on the bananas, but I might take a couple to the show Park Brooks game on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might need a few for that one for sure. Yeah, it'll be a good one. But, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Liam. Take care, big guy. That's uh, Liam Herobin from Oilers Nation. And our puck report for Fountain Tire. Uh, Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road. You can head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. I guess most guys do, I don't know, like is that a, like the banana is a crutch? You have to have something, I guess, in your hands or you're chewing. It's better than having a bag of potato chips, I guess. Oh, 100%. Like, I, like you were saying, a, a lot of... Uh, casual fans like if they're just watching the game at home and they get stressed out yeah they're just like slurping back the uh yeah, the brewskis whatever, maybe yeah. or something i'm uh i am a snacker like when i'm watching when i'm watching sports stuff but i like that like a, a bowl of nuts or something maybe popcorn maybe a little yeah, healthier I, I, version i, I, I well the, yeah the popcorn the, the stuff i'm eating ain't the healthy version <laughs> i have orville redenbacher's extra oh, butter type. <laughs> come on duke uh so i'm gonna give you just before okay so you, you get? Do you have a hot air popper? No. Okay. No, get, Kevin. Why? Get a hot air popper, Duke, and then you go and you buy. It's at the Italian Center or wherever you can find it. Just a little spray. It's like an oil spray with um, oh, what kind of? It's like a flavored oil. Okay. And you put this flavored oil. You just spray it on there. Hmm. I'm drawing a blank now of the oil, but it's expensive to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Right, right, right up my alley. <laughs> That's how I like truffle it. Oil, I, truffle oil. Oh, truffle, truffle oil. Oh, truffle, of course. Oil. So truffle just a little oil. truffle oil on there, Duke, and you'll go, man. What is, is a truffle? Well, truffles are like the pigs sniff them out in, yeah, in the Yeah, I know, woods. but like what are they? It's like a porous, you shave it and you put it into your top. It's like a very expensive. But what 
is it? Is it a plant? Is it a uh, fungus? Is a it? It's a fungus plant. Is it okay? All now, right. Now you're making me check it out. We'll have to have <laughs> find that for the when we come back. Yeah, in the ten o'clock hour, we have a local botanist on to explain this to well, us. Well, there's a movie with uh, Nicholas Cage. He's in the bush somewhere, and he's got like a pig that sniffs out these sniffs truffles. Them. Well, yeah. Well, you gotta have a pig to sniff out the truffles. <laughs> They are like, but what makes them so expensive? Because they're like, they're, they're hard to gather. Are okay, hard to you gather. You need the pig. You, well, some people have the ability to find them too, but I mean, they're, they're gifted with the same uh, talents as the pigs. Like they can sniff them out themselves. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, some Oilers sound interviews from uh, post game last night in Chicago. Connor McDavid for sure. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. 7.43 in Edmonton. Welcome back to the Kevin Carey Show. Duke comes through with his B.A. in the 7.40 break. Poor Prince Chuck, eh? Or King Chuck now. Brian Adams was cutting his grass back in yes. the day, and he didn't even know. Didn't even know it. Poor Chuck. <laughs> Chucky. <laughs> Oilers went 2-1 last night in Chicago. A couple of goals pulled back. Uh, the big one I think everyone was talking about was the long, excruciating review on the Leon Dreisaitl offside. Did he have possession? Did he not? Uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl scored last night, and that's now, well, 103 games that the two of them have scored in the same game together. By the way, Connor McDavid, 905 points. He's one back of Glenn Anderson for fourth all-time on the Oilers all-time scoring list. Uh, after the game, the Oilers captain had these post-game comments. Connor, maybe describe the feeling uh, after coming out with two points after a game like that. Uh, yeah, obviously not our best, um, but give them credit. They worked. They clogged things up. They played a solid game. Um, Stu held us in, and I thought uh, we did just enough to get a win. Is tonight a showcase of the team's growth and their versatility? Because you guys won a tight-checking game that you guys probably wanted to open the door on a little bit, but you guys were staying patient and let the plays come to you. Yeah, you know, I thought uh, we had a couple calls not go our way, um, you know, and I thought uh, we did a good job of just staying in it. Um, I know I've said that a lot lately, but, um, you know, we kind of just uh, found a way tonight. Um, you know, they're obviously banged up, you know, young lineup, excited lineup. You know, those are sometimes the toughest games um, to play. You know, they're a little bit scrambly, um, a little bit all over the place. And, um, you know, I thought they played really well. For a team that, that you guys had that Makar goal go against you a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, do you have an opinion on the dry side of one that calls similar? What did you think of that? I, I do. I mean, obviously, if it takes you 15 minutes to, to determine if it's offside or not, um, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know. I talked to the linesman after. Ultimately, it's not a, not their call, I guess. You know, obviously, they said it came down from the league. But, you know, you zoom in, you zoom in, you keep zooming in until you can't zoom in anymore. And I guess it's offside. So, um, you know what? Um, these, these are calls that, uh, you know, change games, and ultimately it didn't go our way. You know, that was a big call. Um, it would have really, really hurt them, and um, I thought it should have been onside. I mean, it's kind of possession too, right? Like the argument of possession. Um, that whole debate can start again. Um, you know, it was such a close one. You'd like to see it. You know, I, I think the NHL uses the analogy dead wrong right they, you know if it's if it's dead wrong or something like that I don't know what they say like they want it to be clear and obvious right um, 
That one's certainly not clear and obvious. Fair. Did you? Go ahead. Regard probably feels like it's the end of the world, you know, as a rookie, and you, you sort of went through it as a rookie too. Is there anything you learned or any advice you can pass on to what what he's kind of going through? Yeah, it sucks. Um, it really sucks. Um, I've been in his shoes before. Um, you know, there's no other way to say other than, you know, it's it's a bad feeling. But, you know, things pass. He'll get healthy. He'll play, you know, at the top of his level, you know, again this year. You know, um, you know so just stick with it and be positive and be a good teammate and um, enjoy the, the, the recovery process because it can be fun and it can be exciting, you know, to get healthy again. Well, you, is this a game that... I don't know if you guys always won this game. Only 15 shots on net, a couple of goals come back, a frustrating, pesky opponent that kept badgering you. you know? yeah, I don't yeah. know if you won this game all the time two, three years ago. What's changed? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, that narrative around our group, obviously, um, you know, it seems to be that we can't play these tight checking games, but, you know, we're a team that has won 100 games um, over the last two years and, you know, have won. You know, 16 of our last 19 games. You know, we know how to win hockey games all sorts of different ways. So we hung in there. We ha- we uh, played against a scrappy team. Um, you know, a young team that's you know got uh, some real good players on it and um, found a way to win. That's ultimately what it is. Is there a commonality between these two eight-game winning streaks? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you just get into a rhythm, right? Um, and you find ways to win games. You know, tonight's not our best, and we found a way. Um, you know, um, yeah, it's just kind of a rhythm that uh, it's a feeling in the room, and, and uh, you know, it feels good to uh, to put them together. We needed to, obviously, after our start. That's Oilers captain Connor McDavid following last night's game, and they found a way to win. It's kind of that simple. Remember in the third period, it's still 2-1, and this was just after the long challenge on the offside. Rem Pitlick rang one off the inside of the post. He had he had a good foot and a half blocker side on Stu Skinner, hits the post, looks up at it and goes, man, that was so close. That would have been 2-2. A totally different game if that goes in. Framer Johnny texts in and goes, what an ugly game. As Tiger Goldstick used to say, if that game was played in my backyard, I'd close the curtains. <laughs> oh, solid. Also last night, we were touching off, uh, touching it off the top of the show with the Toronto Raptors in L.A. to play the Lakers. It was a pretty good basketball game. 132-131, Lakers over the Raptors. Uh, defense was optional. Guys were draining threes from everywhere. The Lakers were, it was dunk city in the fourth quarter for the Lakers uh, on many occasions. And Emmanuel Quigley fouled out his fifth and sixth fouls. Took about 15 minutes to review. And then the big aspect of the contest was... Uh, just the fact that 23 falls or sorry 23 shots from the free throw line for the LA Lakers in the fourth quarter only two for the Toronto Raptors now after the game uh, Raptors coach Darko Ryakovic was not too happy with how the officiating went here's his post game comments thank you Doug thank you Doug that's 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 outrageous what happened tonight this is completely bs this is shame shame for the referees shame for the league to allow this 23 free throws for them and we get two free throws in in a fourth quarter like how to play the game i all i understand uh, respect for all stars and all that but we have star players on our team as well 
How's possible as Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get get uh, to the, to the rim without flopping and and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you gonna explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight. If that's if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been calling you back, it's a complete crap. Getting any explanations at all? That offensive foul? Did you did you see like get any explanation? No, no, there is no explanation. They just they just come up there, they review what and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They they they, they don't just want to protect us. Over again, the they got thirty six free throws, twenty three free throws in in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we gonna supposed to play? Is this a, a one off, or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot throughout? It's happening a lot, but I'm telling our guys, be professional, keep fighting, keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long? That is outstanding. That's uh, Darko Ryakovic, Toronto Raptors head coach following last night's Raptors loss in L.A., 132-131 to the Lakers. And... I mean, you can't get a coach more fired up and, well, there's going to be a fine. You would think he would be uh, on the radar today from the NBA. And Emmanuel, quickly, again, we were talking about when he fouled out and the fifth foul was ticky-tacky, I guess. It was on Anthony Davis. Just had a little, you know, he had a left hand under the kind of armpit area, the side of Anthony Davis going to the net. And they, I mean, they looked at that for a long time. And then when he fouled out the sixth fall, was going hard to the hole, got an elbow in the face to an opponent. But man, oh man, those comments from Darko Ryakovic, that's as good as it gets. And maybe you'll get some calls down the road. Maybe you won't. Maybe the officials get mad. There's always that angle too, but that was just sweet. That was some good stuff from Darko. And great for protecting his team. Coming out and saying, when a coach can do that, and what he, he, he gets he, so much respect from his players. So much respect when the players see this and they go, man, our coach has our back. Uh, Mike comes in and goes, uh, morning. I love it when a coach goes off like the Raptors coach did. Uh, King of Fort Nasty. Text in. We better get to this because we're not going to talk about it too much. Uh, the Good morning, KK and Duke. The Duke ain't sniffing out no truffles. The only thing he is sniffing out is buckle bunnies and Budweiser's. Cheers, the King of Fort Nasty. He's come in from, with some doozies for you, Duke. This one might be his most accurate one yet. <laughs> wow. So pound for pound, truffles are one of the most expensive foods you can buy, Duke. Yeah, that I knew. Okay. It's the scarcity of the produce. So if they're so scarce, mm-hmm. like if I'm out at some, any given, you know, like kind of mid-level restaurant, like I'm not talking fine dining, but I'm also not talking like Denny's. Shelf life. So you get a truffle, you got to use it pretty quickly if you're a chef. So why, if they're so scarce, 
Why are they? Why, why am I ordering truffle fries at? Well, Earl's. First of all, the truffle that they're probably putting on there is they're, they're not putting on like they're not sh- shaving truffles and putting it on. I would imagine because that, that. Then how do they call it that? They're probably it's an infused oil or something like that. Something infused. I know chefs do not like working with truffles. A lot of chefs, anyway. Sure. You're gonna have some truffles. Get the popcorn what with the do truffle they taste oil. Like? Well, get the popcorn with the truffle oil. It's a dis- It's kind of got a sharp, distinct, robust taste. Truffle oil on popcorn, Duke. You'll you'll go. How did I live without it? All right. <laughs> you don't seem very positive on it. You don't seem like you're buying into it. Uh, I don't know. Like, how much can something like that really change the? <laughs> Look at Brett says, can't overuse, can't overuse the truffle oil, though. Strong stuff. Pillman says, truffle oil, bud. There you go. All right. I, I guess i am uh, I'm been living in the Stone Age here. I need to open my eyes to the power of truffle and truffle oil. Brendan says, try the truffle poutine from Meet the Bun. I call that white man, what? You know? White man, you mommy. Oh, I don't know what that That's, is. That's uh, some sort of fancy dish. But I think it's Asian, maybe <laughs> Japanese. King of Fort Nasty says only high rollers like Carius can season his <laughs> popcorn with truffles. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Truffle Naki at the Italian store store goes Harry. I'm not kidding, Duke. You're going to be on it. Uh, when we come back, Mark Spector from uh, Rogers Sportsnet for Booster Juice. Before that time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday, the Monday night game. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.